0: Hello, I'm Lindley Gooden, reformed journalist and curious human. Welcome back to Explaniacs. Now this time we're creating a very tasty combination of science, tech, innovation seasoned with a dash of philosophy. Our big question this time is how do we change the world around us by asking better questions? Yeah it's a brain tickler but the fact is but the only way that we'll improve our lives, design better tech from phones to AIs, or just keep the world turning after COVID-19 is to ask really honest questions about what we're doing right and what we know we're doing wrong. So we're going to learn how to ask and understand the results of great questions over the next 15 minutes or so with the amazing co-founder of the company Theory and Practice, Ragaya Tabrizi. Ragaya, hello. Hello there. Where do we find you today?
1: Oh, Vancouver, Canada. And it's a beautiful sunny day after a stormy weekend. Explain the X. Biography.
0: So let's properly introduce our explainiac this week. Ragaia Tabrizi, not only co-founded, but also she's the CEO of Theory and Practice. It's a company based in Canada that helps some of the world's biggest brands to turn their data and information into genuinely useful insights. Now, Ragaia started off in the world of particle physics, just like I did, and worked at the particle collider CERN under Geneva, before earning a doctorate in economics. Now she and her team ask questions, they develop technologies to understand our behaviour and what we really want from the companies that we know and love. To be or not to be,
1: that is the question. New subject, description.
0: regaya lovely. I, I've spent the last 30 years asking questions. For me, it comes down to, to two things. A really good question helps somebody to speak their mind. A bad one closes them down immediately. What do you think makes a good question?
1: That's such a good question. Oh, thank you. For me, a question is a tool. Uh, it's a tool, it's the best tool to simplify complexity. Yeah. You know, when I think about questions and what kind of value and the kind of power that questions have, if we manage to listen deep enough, that's kind of the pre- prerequisite there. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can actually use them as a tool to really help us simplify a whole bunch of things that may look very complicated and complex.
0: When you are asking questions of somebody, there—it's a gift. Their answer is a gift. It's very important to be gracious. How does it work? It's such a philosophical question to say, what is the value of a question? And the scientific method, you can look it up if you don't know it already, is is basically to test, learn, test again, until you come up with conclusions. Mm -hmm. Essentially, record that accurately, and then you've got something to, to show the world. But you have to not dictate what it is you're trying to find yeah. you have to ask the mm-hmm. question that allows the truth or the facts at least to come through
1: yeah absolutely i remember even in economics every week i would sit in front of my advisors and i'm like here's a new model here's here's a new you know whatever just something that i was working on right and they would listen to me so patiently i'm so indebted to them uh and but at the end of the session they would always ask me one question but what is the question? You know, when you think about some of the most fundamental models, like the fundamental model of particle physics, I mean, it is about asking questions in a way that guide us to the simplest building blocks. Yeah. And then from there, you can actually put them back together and really try to understand the complexity that we are dealing with. Question is a powerful tool. It is a key that can unlock many doors. Thinking creatively.
0: We are going to go somewhere with this. If you're mm. developing new technologies, in particular, you know, we're talking AIs, we're talking learning machines. If you have a part to play in the development of this thing, and you ask the wrong questions and dictate where it should yeah. go, well, that mm-hmm. AI is going to start making decisions and drawing conclusions that maybe yeah. are wrong and possibly damaging.
1: It was, I think, last year around this time, I was invited to... Um, Biodiversity Institute at the University of Virginia, brilliant group of people, uh, they had the summer program and uh, they would bring students, master's students or maybe honor student uh, last year undergrad physics, math, computer science, economics, uh, psychology, sociology, and basically all of these students from all of these different disciplines had to go through three months together. Gosh. And it was very much focused on AI and focused on you know them learning a little bit more hard skills if they were coming from softer uh, sciences and uh, this, the harder sciences were supposed to actually understand the human side of things, right? And so when I was talking with the students, uh, I was making, uh, I kind of made a joke and I said, you know, my team is very diverse. I have economists sitting with computer scientists, sitting with physicists. And sometimes, in all honesty, I see the look on their face and, you know, we're discussing a big problem. And, you know, an economist, like, I can see the look on their They're like thinking, oh, this is the stupidest thing I've heard. Or, you know, like my physicist is not quite connecting the dots. and and. Um, And so I was joking about this. At the end of the session, one of the girls, uh, she raised her hand and she says, well, so how do you deal with the communication problem? Mm. And I was like, huh, interesting. I didn't actually frame it as a problem or phrase it as a problem. Why do you think it's a problem? And so she's like, well, you were talking about, hey, it's hard to connect the dots, etc. And I said, well, yeah, but it's still not a problem. It actually is a necessary thing to go through. But they said to her, what is it? that you're experiencing in this program? Is communication actually difficult? And why is that the case? Yeah. You know, it came down to really simplifying again, this whole thing. What is communication? It's two parts really, I'm oversimplifying it. Speaking and listening. Yeah. Well, which part do you think causes the bigger problem? Sure, we can be a little bit more precise maybe in how we frame things and how we are you know, presenting our ideas. But then the second piece of it is listening. Mm-hmm. Well, by definition, and I really think this is one of, the, one of the reasons we have some of the challenges we have right now, but we kind of believe that our approach is better.
0: Yeah.
1: Our way of answering problems is better. But if I approach a con- conversation with that attitude, already I'm closed. Please provide a solution.
0: I had the, and I'll say the honour and the privilege of interviewing many people in my career who were going through very tough times. And that could be uh, a kid on a housing state who's in, in trouble with the law, or it could mm-hmm. be uh, somebody grieving. I was, I was um, in London on the day of 7-7, the London bombings, and met wow. people who mm-hmm. had lost loved ones, but didn't know it yet. But I shared in the grief, and mm-hmm. I suppose the, the reason I say that is because my perspective changed when I went in, hands open, as a human, and I was really honest. Is it important to be empathic to put yourself in the other person's shoes, and is that way of doing it almost as important as the question you ask?
1: Absolutely, and you know one of the interesting things about this question, let me connect it to business, right? Let me connect it to you know at least my real world here. Um, I sit with executives uh, you know, people look at me, here's a technical person. They want to immediately put me in front of their, either chief data officer or technology team or AI team or whatever it is. And I'm like, no, no, no. Can we also have some other people in the room that are more coming from business and product and marketing? Mm. And you know, what is the interesting thing is oftentimes these groups don't actually connect and talk with each other. There is intermediaries. they you know, we talk about data silos. Really, it's actually communication organisational silos within these organisations. But here's where it gets even worse. Even when they are talking to each other, they're really not hearing each other. We have reached the middle point of this episode.
0: What is the problem with, with not asking the right questions? What is the problem that this highlights? Because, yeah, we're talking about questions today, but there's something deeper about asking a good question and listening to the answer. Is it that... If we don't, and that's included in business and technology as much as it is in a conversation mm-hmm. in the street, does it break down the relationships that we have with each other if you don't want to hear their answer? Mm-hmm.
1: You know, let me use that word break us down. To me, it's always about the toward end. What is the to end? What is it that we're trying to achieve? If we are not using questions to really examine and test our own assumptions, It basically means we we either know exactly what that to what end is, and that's the best case scenario. But hey, if you're not really soon, you know, asking the right question, how are you actually going to communicate it to everybody else in a way that they actually also understand and can connect it back to their own worlds, right? But, you know... We almost are never dealing with the best case scenario, that the to what end is so clear. So if you're not really using the question as a tool to not only break your own assumptions, test your own hypothesis, but also to really open up a possibility of staying curious. Can I be curious enough about a perspective that a person who is dramatically different from me can bring to the table? Whether it is in a context of life and you know our social connections, or in a context of business, that frankly is extremely important. Yeah. Can I approach anything with that from that place of curiosity?
0: Mm. If you want to understand something complex, ask a simple question.
1: Final chapter: innovation, impacts, and inspiration.
0: So when we're looking at um, data and we're looking at insights, because data hopefully leads mm. to that if you handle it well, um, is there a philosophy? that needs to be brought into things like the development of AI and this philosophy is about asking well first of all being free to ask questions of any type and secondly really caring about the answer
1: yes short answer but how Um, you know growing up um, around a lot of data uh, sometimes actually doesn't occur to me how probably abnormal that was, but how it was completely normal to me to wake up to seven terabyte of data, twenty terabyte of data. You wouldn't even question it, right? Uh, and here I am, like a twenty-two-year-old. Um, when it comes, when I sit with people and they talk about big data, uh, it's it's a very very different animal that we are we're talking about. Let me answer the question a little bit differently. Um, I usually get a few different questions when I'm talking with, uh, with people. We don't have enough data. Do you have data? How can we bring more data to the table? Or the exact opposite, we have a lot of data we don't know what to do with. Yeah. The odds are actually both cases people have a lot of data they still don't know what to do with in either one, of, you know, even when you think you don't have enough or when you think you have too much, the odds are you just have enough. However, the way you approach data, the universe of data. I joke about this. I'm like, data is like a jungle. You know, you, you you can't quite compare it with IT projects or a data project is really different animal because you get in there, it's, you know, at, you know, you might be staring at a most beautiful flower and at the same time, like a lion is going to jump at you. Like you just, you really don't know what to expect you, or, or when you, need you
0: are... A, or you need a really, really great lawn mower and you need to go out there and mow the lawn <laughs> regularly to make that leap. That's
1: right. Or send somebody else do that for you. Um, so when, when you're dealing with an environment that there are a lot of unknowns and a lot of unexpected things, well, how do you approach it? Well, Are you going to go and be like, well, let me put everything in a data mart, and then after that's done, which by the way, it's going to take us a year, and at the end of the year, the technology you, you use to build that data mart is already old, because that's the speed we are going with, or can I go to my data targeted enough that I can actually extract the values that are aligned with my to what end? Mm. And when I talk about a value, I'm not talking about some, you know, soft, whatever. Like, I'm talking about quantifiable, tangible things that you can get out of your data. Mm. Okay, well, I think the, the answer is almost everybody would prefer the second. Yeah. That yes, I want to go to data targeted and I want to extract values from it. But how do you go to data targeted? Well, you need to be able to ask the right question. If you don't have the roadmap, you're going to get lost.
0: So do you have to examine... Really, who you are, what you are trying to do, who your customers are, obviously, and what they need—that's what you're after, really. Mm-hmm. But do you have to ask the question, "What are we trying to achieve with this?"
1: So it's really the second one first, even before you know thinking about, "Hey, do I understand my customers? Do I want like what is it that you really want to get out of this?" Yeah. You know, do you can can we actually build hypotheses around the value that each one of those different cases? And let me give you a little bit of a funny example. Here we're talking AI. Any, any algorithm, you are going to be dealing with a confusion matrix that is going to give you a sense of what is your true positives, what are the true negatives, false positives, false negatives. Can I actually put a dollar amount in front of those? Can I actually force myself or challenge myself to think about what is the cost of a false negative? What is the cost of a false positive? When you force yourself to think that way, then you are gonna ask yourself, okay, what kind of data is gonna enable me to get there?
0: You can relate this subject. You can relate this simple question. What's mm-hmm. in a question? You can you can relate that to humanity. You can relate it to yourself and your conversations. You can relate it to business, mm-hmm. but it does take mm-hmm. a different mindset. So how could you and I, who were lucky enough to go through the very mm-hmm. exciting and showbiz world of physics, to turn anybody listening to this into Mm -hmm. a a scientist or to think like a scientist. What Mm -hmm. do we have to do to approach a problem and ask the right question? Let's, I'll start us off. You have to Mm -hmm. understand the very basic idea of what this thing you're asking a question of is.
1: Understanding different dimensions of it. Mm. I like how you actually use the word understanding because one thing is, do I even have a good grasp of the object or the thing that I, so what are the different dimensions? What are different layers? Yeah. And then for me, the next step beyond that is the assumptions that we have. And the moment you bring mathematics into it, you have to be extremely transparent about your assumptions. Explain X. lessons to learn.
0: As we close up today, what happens if we don't start asking better questions, do you think? In technology, in our mm-hmm. lives, in things like, you know, the sciences and education Mm -hmm. what happens if we don't ask better questions
1: you know best case scenario we are gonna miss out on a lot of opportunities on a lot of real possibilities worst case scenario there's going to be a lot of damage Mm. in the world just because we didn't spend the time to to pause question our own assumptions wonder if we have really looked at a situation from all different angles and all different dimensions and that that is going to create you know pain and suffering
0: yeah final thing do you still love asking questions and what's the next question you intend to ask a person in the office tomorrow
1: these days I think a lot about happiness and what actually makes us happy. So I do ask people around me if they are happy. I have been on a quest around this purpose question.
0: What a beautiful way to end our chat today. Thank you so much for joining us. My final question to you at home is, how's your brain feeling now? Did we squeeze it just a little bit? Glad to hear it. So, well, thanks, Regaia, for joining us. It's so so lovely to have you with us. Uh, But this is just the first time that we'll be talking about things like science and innovation and these philosophical questions. I think we all deserve to know what's happening behind the tech that we use every day, behind the decision-making that goes into them, and just to stretch our minds once in a while. Well, now it's over to you. If you have an amazing explainiac in your life, maybe saw one online or read something that desperately needed to be explained, let me know. You can get in touch at explainiacs.com, any question, any subject, if it's important, fascinating or fun, we're here to explain it. For now, stay safe. Please do like, subscribe and rate or review if you can. Every single one helps, so thanks very much for that. See you with another amazing Explaniac in a couple of weeks' time. Until then, goodbye.